Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Lordy, I'm glad that game is over because that is not the kind of game I'm wired to enjoy. Uh, to quote my co- fellow co-admin in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, Todd St. Pierre, that was painful to watch. And uh, yeah, it was painful to watch. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. If you like what you hear and you want to help us out like our good pal Ian Baxter did, there is a link into the PayPal in the description on all your podcast platforms. Shoot us some dinero. We really appreciate it. You've given us such great support last year and this year, and we appreciate all the support you've given us. No, I don't want to drink no damn tequila tonight because, God, that was painful to watch. And, and Brian Mahonwitty, you're right about Joe Bamisil being fun to watch when he's hot. But I'll tell you something. It is not fun to watch him play defense sometimes. Uh, there were some bad efforts by him tonight. And – in a few different scenarios, that could have really cost VCU dearly. It could have cost them dearly. Chris Conway, you are right about one thing. That's how you close a game out. And let's let's start with the play of the game or the two plays of the game. Because this is a game with a lot of fouls. Todd St. Pierre said it, 44 fouls, which is just ludicrous. Um, I will say this. They were consistent. So I don't particularly like 44 fouls in a game, but there was only a few times where I was saying, uh, that's not a foul compared to the other stuff. They were dead set consistent, and even if it's consistently bad, I want consistency. So I ain't gonna I ain't gonna bury the refs for the for tonight like I would other nights, because you know, yes, there were too many fouls called, but it's not like it advantaged one team or the other. Um, and Brian Mahonwitty will get to that because you're absolutely right about that, and he's going to have to think about that. But let's talk about the two winning plays and the championship mentality and what it's all about. If you're going to win a championship, it is it is not the big flashy plays that do it very rarely. It is the little plays that sometimes don't even show up on the stat sheet but if they do, they're not going to pop off and go boom. And and look at look at what happens. Toby Lawal, John Barstow is about to dribble himself, has dribbled himself into trouble. He's going to turn it over. Toby Lawal gets on the floor, gets the ball, calls timeout, saves the possession. So they got five seconds. St. Louis does a good job of defending. Because they wanted the alley oop to bear stow or on the wall, and they stopped it. So fair play, fair play, St. Louis. So it goes out to Bamasil. 
who's got to take a three-pointer. He takes a three-pointer, misses it. He's being boxed out, Zeb Jackson, but Zeb Jackson fights through and tips the ball to a teammate. One of the only times tonight, that one of the only times you'll ever see me praise a one-handed rebound, but he does it. He tips the ball to the teammate, and, and they get the ball back, and Shogun nails a three, and it's game over after that. And that is championship mentality. It is hustle. It is getting after the basketball more than the other guy. It is making the play, not having it, not, not waiting for the play to be made. It's making the play. And, you know, whether they win a championship or not, I don't know. But circle that because they were they, this game was still in the balance and it could have still gone against them, especially the way St. Louis shot the ball from three and the way bloody sincere Parker, who they couldn't hardly stop all damn night, for goodness sake. You know, they freak. I mean, that, that was still a game, and then he did a great job on that. Uh, Shogo did a couple, did a nice job on on Jimerson for the most part. There was a couple of lapses, and he got a couple threes on it. He did that, but championship mentality is what Toby Lawall did and what Zeb Jackson did tonight at the end of that game. That's what's going to win him a championship. All the headlines are going to go to Shogo and Bamasil because they both went ballistic. You know, twenty six and six for Shogo and three assists. Bamasil twenty seven. Nails five threes. And, uh, and again, there was a lot of good from Bamasil tonight. You know, he attacked. He, he didn't just settle it for threes. He was doing a lot of attacking, which was great. And he was getting fouls, which was great. And he goes to the foul line and makes eight out of nine. Ah, beautiful. As VCU has another unbelievable night at the foul line in a game where they had to have it. And, yes, Eric Slater, I'm with you. I'm very happy about that, too. Um, Oh, and yeah, Shoga hit Shoga Shoga hit some big shots, but again, there were just the defensive errors out there tonight. I mean, I'm glad it was tonight against a team that was bad enough to get away with it, but it, it's a stark contrast from last week. Um, and Bill Baldacci, I think your point. There were several stretches where VCU just played stupidly, played played really. Really dumb, unsound, unfundamentally sound basketball, and it hurt them. So the the good thing is they won, and they got away with it. And and I guarantee you, Ryan Odom is going to spend a lot of time on all that other stuff because I I'm pretty sure that he's smart enough to realize you don't want some of the things that happen tonight to become a habit just because you won, because you absolutely cannot play like that defensively, and go on the road and beat the best teams in this league, which they still have to do. But let's praise them. Uh, let's praise them. The free throw shooting out of sight, 87%, 27 to 31, 18 to 21 in the second half. And they had to have it because the other team got to the foul line plenty too, although they missed just enough that VCU could 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 keep their heads above water. Uh and and good too because offensively it was kind of eh. even though they got ninety five points they only had thirteen assists uh they only had uh, yeah they only had thirteen assists on twenty eight made field goals which is not how they want to play 
not how they want to play at all. Um, but look, you know, show, when show when guys like Shogun Bamisil can step back and hit shots like that, it can bail you out. Want to give a you know we already gave a call out to Toby Lawall, who you know twenty five minutes gets ten rebound rebounds, except for the early part of the second half. VCU dominant on the backboard, plus fifteen thirty nine twenty four. Um, all the and and end up plus eight and second chance points, and look, that's that's a big that's a big deal in a game like this. This game could have gone a lot differently without it. Um, I think one of the other things we got to talk about a little bit is the fact that St. Louis played small, and we kind of elected to play the game on their terms, and and I suppose you can say it worked. But really, you know, Hargrove isn't a prototypical big man, but our big men should be able to guard him. And they should be comfortable enough on the perimeter to do that. So I'm not sure I love the fact that they just basically let they, they, they let St. Louis take Furman out of the game like they did. But Lawal did a tremendous job tonight, had some really good plays. You know, the, the play to save the timeout was a play of the game. It had the nice alley-oop. And then the only shot he misses from the field is the other alley-oop, where I thought he caught it clean, and I was just waiting to go bang when he made it, and I couldn't believe it didn't go in. Um, let's see here. Bearstow, triple nickel, 14 points, six boards, five assists. But yet again, with him... Pretty much dribble, 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 dribble. That was at least three of his tur turnovers tonight, uh, and he had five of them. Yeah, well, Daniel Carter, here's the thing with Sincere Parker. Early in the game, he was making really tough shots. But they, you know, Bamisil did an absolutely terrible job on him. Zeb and Jason Nelson, believe it or not, and honestly – that's kind of why I wanted to see Jason Nelson more than we did tonight. Because, Jay, it made me laugh. Did you hear that commentator? Oh, that's a mismatch, Parker, on Nelson. Oh, really? Nelson's in good guarding position. He contests the shot. Parker misses. If Parker's going to back him down in the post, yeah, Nelson's probably got a problem. But out there with a jump, out there 20 feet from the basket, Nelson did a fine job. And Zeb did a fine job. Zeb's, Zeb's defense has been a real asset for this team this year. And I want to tip my cap to Zeb on that, uh, you know, because I wasn't sure about that, you know, because we only saw him in spot duty last year. Um, and, then he, and you're right, Bruce Stevenson, he did have a third of our turnovers. He had five of them, and we had 14 uh, total, and that was the problem. Although I will say we had 14, I think, at the under-eight timeout, so I don't know if we had a turnover the rest of the game. But yeah, Sincere Parker, Sincere Parker's just that dude right now. He really is. But again, even in a moment like that, you just gotta rely on the basics. You gotta run, you gotta, you can't trail him or Jimerson, which Shulga was guilty of that a couple times tonight. And you can't be, oh, you can't be closing out like a maniac because you didn't do the first thing correctly. Stay in good guarding position and contest the shot. That's all I'm asking. Look, if you do that and he makes it, it's like you say, Daniel Carter, you just tip your hat, cap and go on. But if you do that, if you don't do that and he makes it, then you then you're gonna draw my ire. 
And there was a couple plays where I would have I'd have been ready to yank Bamasil out of the game. Granted, you know, again, offensively, and what do we talk about? Minutes played for Bamasil tonight. He did it again. What he did against St. Louis the first time, he did it this time. 25 minutes, 27 points. And look, that's what we said. That's what we're saying. That's what we've been saying all along. You gotta watch the minutes with Bamasil. Because that effectiveness will 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 tail off if you play him too long. Um, oh gosh, and, and here's the other thing: even though he played 35 minutes, Shell got 10 of 11 from the foul line. Whew. Goodness gracious! You know that's that's uh, that's what you're looking for. That is what you're looking for, and that's the other and and that and that was the really that was the part of the second half I was happiest with is that there were stretches. When they were settling for bad jump shots and they weren't moving the ball, but then it felt like Ryan Odom got through to him, and they started, you know, physically attacking with physicality, getting in, driving into the body, driving into the St. Louis defenders' bodies, forcing the referee to make those foul calls. And some of them, if I'd have been a St. Louis fan, some of them I'd have been furious because it was like, what did the guy do wrong? He's driving into his chest. That's not a foul. But the thing is, they were calling it the other way all night. So any any St. Louis fans that are mad about that, it was consistent. It was consistent. They were doing that. That's what they were calling. So, you know, and, and VCU at least enough times in this game took advantage of that and, and they were able to win as a result. And so that's where that's where you that's where you salute these players and say, hey. That's that's using your head. That's using your noodle. But defensively tonight, there was a lot of there was a lot of bad IQ basketball plays on defense tonight. And if I'm Ryan Odom, I'm doing a lot of that in film review Sunday, Monday, whenever they're going to do film review because you just can't have that at Massachusetts next uh, in, on Tuesday. You just you can't have it. And and they've done a great job of rebounding. Well, UMass is a pretty good rebounding team themselves, so they got to be. They got to be concentrating on that end. You're going to get the misses in that game, but you make sure you corral them because that's important. And let's remember what's the winning set of plays of this game is Lawal grabbing a loose ball and Zeb Jackson finding a way to get an offensive rebound when he shouldn't have. And that sets up the game, the shot that basically put this game away. But God, what a contrast. VCU. 49-47 last week, and the second half tonight is 53-50. Jump in, Juniper. <laughs> it's just, it just blows your mind, some of that stuff. Hold on one minute, and I'm going to make sure my producer cuts this off. Alexa, off! Stupid thing. Um, so that was just, you know, yeah. I mean, the fouls were crazy, but they were consistent. So, and, and VCU... Thank God they have a team that can make these foul shots when they do it. So, look, uh, Daniel Carter, I wasn't there, and I didn't hear it. And and Brian Mahonwitty mentioned it, and I meant to go get to it sooner. Brian Mahonwitty, you're right. That technical changed the game because St. Louis is ahead. Joe Bamasil has turned the ball over and fouled the guy. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be free throws for them one and one. And then Larry Hughes went over, and again, I wasn't there, but he must have said the magic word 
He didn't point like Phillips did all them games ago. I wasn't there. And any and I and I hope somebody, and I'm certainly gonna look at because there's some VCU fans I follow on Twitter who were at the game. I hope they heard it or somebody heard it because that would be interesting because that turns the game around. VCU's kind of spinning their wheels. They're not playing well. I'm annoyed as hell at, at how they're playing. I'm ready to take Bamisil out of the game because he made about three bad plays in a row in that stretch. And they call that technical. And not only does Shulga make both of them, they miss the front end of a one-and-one, and it's away we go. 13-0 run, like you said, Bruce Stevenson. And, and Brian Mahone with his wife. Right, that turned the game. VCU had all the momentum, gave it back with a pretty terrible last minute. But if I'm not mistaken, they were never headed after that. VCU, I think, led the rest. Yeah, VCU. Yeah, because St. Louis didn't lead after the, after 22 to 19, 9:35 to go. So there you go. VCU after they got after they got those two foul shots to tie the game. That was it. The game was the you know they they led the rest of the way, and that's 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 what happened. That's how they win. That's how you win. And. Sometimes it's the other team doing that, and, and Larry Hughes is going to have to because that's not that's not the first time with Larry Hughes. He's had that issue a while, and you know when you have a night like he had, he had five assists and four rebounds, not bad. Zero for five from the field, all threes, missed them all on a night when everybody's hitting shots. He couldn't hit a shot, so he's going to have to live with that. You know, Travis Ford, Travis Ford's going to going to have to talk to him about that, and that and look. Who knows how the game goes? Who knows how the game goes from there? But that run was critical because it kept it put VCU ahead for good. They never gave up the lead, although they tried. You know, St. Louis did get it back to 61 all from there. And I think that was the last tie of the game. And then VCU pulls away, thank goodness, at the end. And and that's that for me is the thing is. If there's anything that's frustrating about a game like this is you're playing a team that's two and nine in the league and could very well end up last, but you're fighting tooth and nail with them the whole way. Granted, lots of teams have had struggles with St. Louis, including some of the best teams in this league. <clears throat> so in one sense, you just thankfully you got the win and you get the hell out of there. Because that really is the that really is the case here. I mean and, and it's just one of those nights and you wonder. The crowd wasn't – there wasn't a big crowd because of the snowstorm. Although I have to say, well done, all those VCU fans were there because you could hear them. They were loud. And and nights like that is where weird stuff happens when you got – when you can't get energy from the crowd because, look, VCU's one of those teams. They get energy from, from a big crowd that's booing them and yelling at them and screaming at them. You don't win the kind of road games they've won in, in conference now – for the last two, for this for the past, this season and the last, I think we're now on what is it? Thirteen. It's either twelve out of thirteen or thirteen out of fourteen on the road in conference play. You don't win them kind of games if you don't get a charge out of playing against a packed house. And and this team, the the lack of energy in that arena, absolutely, I think, affected this team. They they want. They like being the villain. They like going in there and wearing the black hat and, and twirling the evil mustache and like Snidely Whiplash and, and sticking it to the home team. 
And the good, and you know what? In one sense, this was a good situation for them to face because they're probably going to face something similar at Massachusetts, even though UMass is pretty good. That's a that's at a hockey arena. The fans aren't on top of you. It takes a lot of people for it to get loud, and it's probably not going to be that many on a Tuesday night, even with a good team. So they've got to find a way when they go to UMass to get to 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 put a charge into themselves offensively. I mean, excuse me, in just energy wise, because they're not going to get it from the from the visiting crowd. It's they're not going to get it get it from them. So, this, in one sense. This was the perfect game to have before that because unlike most years, St. Louis, not a good team. Fans have had it with the coach. Snowstorm. So you had what you had tonight. I mean, that arena was dead. Honestly, except for the VCU fans, that arena was 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 comatose. And and I think it affected VCU negatively, honestly. Um, you know, how, how many times could you hear the squeaking of the shoes and the freaking and the freaking coaches yelling? When I was listening on the radio as I was driving over to my stepdad to watch, because unfortunately, unlike all the other Friday 10 games, this game was not on ESPN Plus, even though they said it was gonna be. Uh you know, you you could hear you could hear the coaches yelling. You could hear the players yelling. I mean, goodness. I almost wish I almost I mean I almost wish we it's a pity we didn't have more we we don't have more VCU alums living in that area they, we maybe we got to organize or something because god dang we could have had hundreds of VCU fans in there tonight by the look of it yeah waste of white shirts Daniel Carter <laughs> no question about it I mean honestly they should have almost canceled it and saved it for another game if it was with that snowstorm they just, I mean, seriously, that was a, uh, again, it's a good thing there was a lot going on on the floor because otherwise it could have put you to sleep. That crowd could have easily put you to sleep. And especially if it wasn't, if it wasn't a game where stuff was happening, it would put everybody to sleep. Goodness. But it's a win. It's 9-3 in the conference. It's keeping pace with everybody in front of us. Let's remember they all have two losses, so we're right on their heels, and we can kick back and relax tomorrow, and who knows, maybe maybe we get another result in our favor like we did last, you know, earlier in the week with UMass uh, pulling that game off. Maybe, maybe somebody else falls over and stubs their toe while we're kicking back after a Friday win, and we can relax. I mean... Is it is it that likely? Probably not. But hey, you never know in this league. You you never know in this league the the crazy things that have gone on in this league this year. So that's that's the good thing. That's the good thing about Friday night and winning is that you're already you've already got that win in the pocket for the weekend and you can relax relax while everybody else is going to kill themselves tomorrow playing. You know, UMass who we play, they're going to be in. They're going to be at the Gola Arena where we always know weird stuff can happen there, so that'll be interesting as well. And, of course, VCU next Tuesday night, UMass. Massive game, CBS Sports Network, which is not a favorite of myself. means I have to get over to my stepdad's, and hopefully I'll be able to get over and watch the game with you guys and have the live video in the good and the bad and the ugly. 
group as we like to do. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, in the video for the comments. Remember, if you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, do so. Game threads, which are fun and really good. And look, we don't pull no punches, uh, but we're also, we also deal out the praise when it's necessary. And we just love the game and we have a good time. Uh, feature, we, we keep our eye on our non-conference opponents and our conference opponents. So the tales from the non-conference around the A-10. VCU by the numbers every week. We got, we got members that are telling you about our other teams and keeping track of them. Uh, we got members that are updating the, the conference race as it goes along, posting in there. So it's a fun place to be. We just had our six-year anniversary. So congratulations, everybody in the good and the bad and the ugly group. Six years, uh, and it's still popping, and it's still fun to do, and I like being a part of it. So thank you guys for that, uh, and, and I appreciate everybody, uh, every one of you in the group. Uh, for all your contributions and making it a great place. So thanks, everyone. We'll hopefully see you live Tuesday night in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, if not Wednesday in podcast land. Hopefully in podcast land, when you hear this on Saturday, you will enjoy it and have a good time. Uh, and, man, this UMass game coming up. Massive. Can't wait for it Tuesday night. Hope you all can uh, catch it as well. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Talk to you later. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.